Welcome to Magnifying God in Your 20s, a podcast dedicated to helping young adults in their 20s glorify God. For most of us, our 20s are some of the most pivotal and challenging years of our lives. This decade is a season when most people make huge life decisions that will impact the rest of their lives. This podcast aims to help young adults of our generation navigate these years through the lens of the gospel. Join us as we run towards Jesus. special episode of Magnifying God in Your 20s brought to you by Sai and Manny. And today we are joined with a very special guest, Josh Heads. Josh is super, super awesome guy. We go to Christ Chapel together with, along with Sai. Josh is actually in Sai's own group. Josh and I, I think we've been, we've known each other for not too long. <laughs> but Josh loves writing like you know, spoken words. And I think he is very gifted in the way he crafts his words, especially in communicating, honestly, the gospel in it, and also the struggle that wages between the flesh and the spirit. And when I first listened to Josh's first spoken words, I thought it was really amazing because I think he just gets a lot of things captured in just a couple words, and I thought, man, it would be nice to have him on this podcast. And he's our first special guest, and we're about to get started. But before we get to it, let's, we can talk about something special that has happened this past week. And for me, that's launching a podcast on September 15th. I know you guys are probably hearing this later on, but like our first podcast got launched on September 15th. That was very exciting. So thank you guys for listening to that. Sai, what was your special? I guess, well, yeah, I'll, I'll just jump in and say that, Josh, we're really excited to have you on. I think Josh is definitely, for me, I think one of the most like influential people in my walks recently. Like I said, he's been a part of uh, the home group that I've been in, part of our Church of Christ Chapel. And when I think of Josh, I just think of someone who just has such a servant's heart. And that's why I'm really excited for you guys today. That's really hear more about who he is and his story and just really get to hear from someone, I think, who genuinely cares more about you than you know and cares so much more about the interests of others than himself mm-hmm. and is such a talented guy. And, and we're really excited to have him um, kind of walk through this really cool spoken word that he has. Mm-hmm. But yes, Manny, we had a very exciting week that the podcast launched. I cannot believe that it actually happened. So <laughs> really, the, to look back that this came from a conversation over coffee back in May, around May, April, yeah, May. April, so May. all the way back from just a conversation that we're having as a summer moon, where Manny and I were just getting to know each other. And we were like, we both just had this heart and this idea of like what a podcast can be. Mm-hmm. And the thing we're most excited about, like really why we did this podcast is like really for you guys. Like one, Manny and I just love talking and we're like, hey, if we're going to talk, might as well just have a mic here <laughs> and bring, <laughs> bring people into our conversation mm-hmm. like Josh, like you guys. And just the feedback we've gotten this week, I think it's just been so amazing and That's so moving for me. Just from like friends, family, even those who I don't even really know and even just like hearing coworkers talk about it. And people, I, I think the coolest thing, Manny, is like people that were excited to share this with their family and friends. Like I had some people tell me like, Hey, these are the people I, I want to listen to this. And I'm like, yes, like I want this to be part of the gospel 
being like advancing within our community mm-hmm. and that's what's so great is I don't want this podcast like pointing to us and yeah. the things we're doing, but ultimately like God being glorified and people falling more in love with him. Absolutely. And so what a great week podcast <laughs> launching and we have our first special guest, Josh adds. So Josh, tell us about yourself. Oh man. Um, what an honor it is to be here, uh, to be the first guest. Just want to you know, thank Manny and Cy for bringing me on and, just the friendship that we've been able to develop. Like, I just met these guys this year. Me and Manny, we really connected over the high school ministry trip. We had some really, really great conversations about God and spirituality and just life. And as I said, you know, he's been leading our small group and just been a, a great leader, been very consistent, walking us through the, the kingdom of God and what it's like. It's definitely something that I took away, you know, just that it all starts with the heart, you know. And so I think, you know, just him exposing that and going more in depth with that has been really, really phenomenal for me and my walk with Christ. I feel okay, maybe before we dive into your story a little bit, maybe we can share like our quotes for the day. So Sai would not be sharing the quote. It's gonna be Josh and I. And I'm gonna open with mine because mine is like super short. And I'll have hot takes for each other. That's funny. Okay, so here's my quote. If you teach men that God is the source of their pleasure and sin is the source of their pain, they will run to God and away from sin. This is by Jacqueline K. Ersley. I think that's how you say the last name. But I think when I think about this quote, I think about just the heart is honestly like an idol worshiping. Like there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a hole that the heart just desires to worship something. And we can either worship things that do not last and do not even have an eternal benefit, or we can decide to put like our worship towards worshiping the creator of everything. And I think, you know, just I'm going to resound um, desiring God's motto, like God is most glorified in us when we're most satisfied in him. Like the pleasures we find God should be our ultimate satisfaction. And when if the other side of the coin that this quote talks about is when people recognize that sin is the source of their pain, think about like how much people want to be free from every form of suffering. Like when 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 you think about sin being the source of pain. I don't think anyone in their right mind wants to run towards the source of pain. I think everyone wants to run towards the source of pleasure. But, you know, and that's what Christ comes to offer. But in this world, we would have tribulations and suffering. And Paul would even say, like, if we suffer together with Christ, we'll be glorified together with him. So running towards Christ does not necessarily promise a comfortable life in this earth. Because it is broken and is broken through sin, but it does guarantee an assurance in eternal, an eternal life with Christ for all in all of eternity. And I think that is what we should fix our eyes on, just like Hebrews fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith. What do you think, Sai? Manny, I love that quote. As you were talking, something I was thinking about is I think at the core. Like, this is the main lie that, like, Satan is telling people. 
when when I I was thinking about you go all the way back to Genesis and the fall, right? So mankind is like in perfect harmony with God. Like he is their source of their pleasure. And Satan enters the scene. And remember, like God said, like, hey, you can have from any tree in this garden, but I don't want you eating from this one tree because it's not going to be good for you. Like, I'm, yeah. I'm looking out for you. And something I never really noticed until, honestly, a little, like a few years into my, in my faith was what Satan actually, the lie he said in the garden. So in, in Genesis 3, it says, Now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God actually say, You shall not eat of any tree in the garden? Mm. And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden. But God said, You shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden. So one tree, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. Like, did you see what Satan did there? Like, Satan was like, did God actually say you sh- you shouldn't eat from any tree in the garden? Which is Kinda like just like a generalized, which is which is, which is a straight up lie. Like God said, no, you can have you can eat from any tree. Like my whole garden is yours. Mm. Like I am yours. Like I want like I want to be in communion with you. Like I am. You were designed mm. through me and for me, and you are most at your pleasure when you were with me and you can literally have from all these, I'm going to, I'm going to protect you. But mm. Satan's like, no, man, did, did God say he's not looking <laughs> out for you? Like he doesn't care about you. Like mm. did God say you can't eat from any tree. And I think this has really started this mentality that we have. That's like that Satan plants in us, which is really about kind of like being our own God and b- building up our own kingdom. And I think mm. God has put eternity on the hearts of like all mankind. And we're all searching for something. All right. We're all yeah. searching for a purpose and something for pleasure and something. And it's sad because you look at it and I think all of us, you know, you look, you hear our testimonies. We now look for pleasure in the things of the world and in sin. And we think that God has his arms crossed saying, oh, you can't eat from any tree in the garden. And, and that's sad. And, and, and the reality is, guys, that's like, no, God is saying, like, I want you to come to me. Like, I love you. And I want you to have from like any tree in the garden, but I'm going to have. Some things that I want I don't want you to do tonight from the street because I want to protect you. And it's God who's ultimately fulfilling where you find that pleasure and not in sin. So I think that's really good. Okay, Josh, is there a is there a quote that you wanna share with the the audience here? Uh yeah, so for me I have a, a really great guy that I like to follow and read uh, read about. His name is Dietrich Bonhoeffer, and in his book um Life Together, he says so long as we eat our bread together, we shall have sufficient, even for the least. Not until one person desires to keep his own bread for himself, does hunger ensue. For me, that's just so powerful because it, he kind of sees that, you know, as humanity, like, you know, if we're like under the, the rule of God and we're submitting to him, like, that we can solve, through God, we can solve a lot of the problems that we have here on earth, but... He also sees that, like, you know, we have this selfish desire to, like, you know, live our own lives, to keep the things that God has given us for ourselves and not for the benefit of his kingdom. So this this is, like, why this, like, scripture, this quote sticks out to me because uh, it just, you know, it's a call to be, you know, self, to have self-sacrifice and living for others, you know, as God has called us to live. So what do you think? Yeah, I, when I read this quote, I mean, 
it really does make me think of the gospel and just I think the mindset that Christ had mm-hmm. and that even Paul had this this servant leadership the servant mentality of really caring about the interest of others more than yourself and just this quote that's like like we will be sufficient even the least as long as like we're focusing on others and helping like share the resources that we have mm. and eating our bread together. I just love the idea of like this quote is more focused on community and serving others rather than like storing up your own barns mm. and building up your little miniature kingdom, like building up your bread. And and yeah, I I, I read that and that's kind of what stands out to me. Manny, what about you? I think about two things. I think the first thing I think about is, you know, when uh, one of the Pharisees or teacher of the law asked Jesus, like, which is the greatest of these commandments? Jesus said two things. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbors as yourself. I think he asked one question, and it seems like he got two answers. And I, th- I think the reason why it seems that way is that you cannot separate loving God from loving others. They're they happen at the same time. Like if you say you love God and it's not evidence in how you love others, then do you truly love God? If you say you love others and it's not evident in the way you love God, do you truly love God or do you truly love others? So that's the first thing I think about. The other thing I think about is James. It's like how can you say you have faith when work is not accompanied by work? I'll show you have faith without works and I will show you faith by my works so works becomes evidence of your faith and I think that's kind of what we see in Dietrich Bonhoeffer's quote in terms of the action that is accompanied by the faith that is granted to us through Christ so that's what I think about when I hear that quote like wow we should be a people that we can that we should we should be a people of service people who we are known by the by our love for God, people that we are known by our love for other people, a group of people that we are known by our love for one another. I, I, I really love that, Manny. And what I think is so cool is, like, when we're doing this, like, when we're sharing our bread and we're thinking about others, like, all we're doing is loving like our God loves. Like, God says, like, he is loving. Like, this mm-hmm. is how he loves. Like, look at how God's never given up on us and his focus is, like, sharing with us. And like, us, us and like meeting us where we are, even if sometimes like we don't deserve it or like we've wronged him, and we always like you know stiff arm him mm-hmm. away. He's always focused on like trying to share with us and to meet us where we are, and like, what a cool world if like every day we try to remember just the humility that God had and how He cares about us and how He loves us and just the mm-hmm. mercy He shows us and like if we would just respond in that way to others. Yeah. Awesome, awesome quote. All right, so this is really cool, and I'm really excited for this. But Josh is gonna lay, he's gonna drop some bars for us. <laughs> I'm just playing, but like he's gonna, I guess, recite some words, or like thoughts and rhythms that he's thought about that captures. I think for this for this one, it's really about like that war between the flesh and the spirit, right? So. I hope you guys enjoy it. I'm really excited to listen to it and just ask him questions, his thoughts, and his heart behind it when he wrote this. So, Josh, take it away. Let's do this, Josh. And Josh, real quick, before we jump into this, if you can just kind of walk the audience through just a little bit about you uh, before you jump into this. Yeah. 
Yeah, no problem. So about me, I came to faith in 2012. Uh, it was sort of similar to you know how most people come through something. A life tragic tragic event happens, and for me, my mom had just passed away like right before my high school graduation. And for me, I was like this big guy of like science, and so you know, my mom she would like try to take us to church as kids, but like uh, I would always just like joke around and says you know like the Big Bang Theory and like, you know, God didn't create this. But when she when she passed away, like I went to science and uh, science couldn't answer the questions, you know, that I had, you know, like, like where's my mom and you know, why? Uh, and so I turned to God and I felt like, you know, those questions were answered. And so that's kind of like, that was the beginning of my, my walk with Christ. And, you know, I, I constantly like, you know, read the Bible and find other Christian literature, uh, such as C.S. Lewis, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, Timothy Keller, David Platt, and just other authors that could you know, help supplement my, my faith and my knowledge of God. This writing here is called Thoughts and Rhythm, and I wrote this, I remember like maybe three years ago, I was at the gym, and then like, like one line came to me, and then I just felt like everything was else was just like flowing, and so that's why I called it like Thoughts and Rhythm. It was a way for me to just kind of have meaningful conversations and kind of converse with God a little and um, and also to like just be able to express like this spiritual battle that we have in a way that people could understand it because I feel like a lot of a lot of people were, were blind to this, this spiritual battle that we're, that we're in and so I feel like God has given me this gift to to write it in a way that you know certain people will be able to understand that you know they'll be able to pick up and kind of visualize what's being said. All right, so I'll uh, get into it. So yeah, this poem is called Thoughts and Rhythm. Gonna start. And we don't listen. Fictitious Christians descending with repetition for recognition, disciples vicious, disciples missing. Rewrite petitions to God for selfish wishes, selfish ambitions. Rewrite off his competition. He suffered for us. The pain's relentless. His body hanging from nails. I felt the tension in his suspension. There he took on our affliction. In addition, he subtracted his life to multiply ours and removed other divisions and infirmities. On their cross, his work was completed with efficiency. God became a mailman, and he delivered me with no service fee. But I see that forbidden tree, and I forget what he did for me. It's calling me. No time for reminiscing. The fruit's delicious. Forbidden's is stupid. We say it's superstitious. And now I'm on this crash course with Satan. And then he mentioned, no, he insured me that your son would pay my insurance fee. And if I missed one of your lessons, I wouldn't be fine for truancy. Satan promised me immunity. He influenced me. Said if we crashed, it wouldn't destroy you and my community. But in actuality, the devil knew it would ruin me. So you sent your son for his light to get through to me. But Satan transformed into a snake and threw the dark side of the moon at me. I think he's mooning me as he laughs at me, as I commit this blasphemy. You wash away my sins, but the devil takes the bow for me. I didn't take your heed, so now like a dolphin with the need for speed, we're about to crash indeed when we do the devil's deed. Good intentions, but the devil's speaking. My brakes are squeaking, temptation's peaking. My heart is beating faster than my car is beating. The pastor's teaching, prosperity preaching. The deacon's cheating, his wife is leaving. The priest of peeping and touching peepees, they're so deceiving. The devil is reaching for my soul. What is he seeking? We crash, traffic's impeding. My sins are leaking. My eyes are bleeding. My mind is sleeping. My body's freezing. The devil's cheesing as his furnace heating. My lungs are wheezing. I'm barely breathing. My family's weeping. And as they're bereaving around the wreckage, the devil's creeping. Pedestrian screaming. I see the devil leaning. 
It's darkness breaching. My past he's screening. It's so obscene. I must be dreaming. I thought my life is gleaming. He said, for this, son, there's no redeeming. With demons, your soul is teeming. You're the modern-day legion. To evil, you pledge allegiance. Never fall for grievance to Jesus for selfish reasons. With us, you stay scheming. Your life has always been prestigious, and you only bless the poor when they were sneezing. Then you wipe them aside with your squeegee. You spoke with death like you playing Ouija. We made you Mario, hell's very own Sicario. But in this scenario, your target has always been Luigi. See, we said brothers against brothers and fathers against sons. Like Birdman and Louise, just look at what we did to Judas and his Messiah Jesus, civil and gold, and your soul's a soul. An auction has never been this easy. To me, your life's been pleasing, but with mine, it's mine, so that's what I'm retrieving. So like Chris Brown dancing in the wind, let's make this breezy. My soul is seizing. My life is leaving. I can't believe this. Did you not see all of my achievements? I studied hard. I made the things list. Sure, my pastor wasn't the greenest, and I cut corners, but I just did what I seen fit. I saw the profit in myself as deeds, so I sold sin and my soul together like a seamstress. He said, son, I know you're dying and you seem stressed, but hell is no reason for you to be depressed. I know it's a place they lie to you and tell you to detest, but don't you know for you, all I want is the best? Why on earth? I took the weight off of your chest. Your world profits from evil, and it's the darkness. I made it easy for you to invest. Because of me, your life has always been in recess, and I just have one simple request. Now it's time that you honor that. No time for protest. I gave you the cuss, but you made the arrest, and that I can attest. You accepted with zest. I work for you day and night in my best. Now you expect the rest? What about the rest of them? The innocent ones from them. You took the best of them. Thank you. Because of you, I didn't have to rest of them. You threw them into your own notion of darkness, and you expected them without a vest to swim? I freed you from persecution and destitution when you sold yourself to me like prostitution. I gave you absolution after you killed millions for billions with your air pollution. It was me who changed your constitution to remove God from your institution to teach evolution. I'm the resolution to men's devolution. I'm the devil, stupid. Welcome to the new revolution. They say the devil Worst product, what I'm in your genes too. Just check your genealogy and you'll see that the apple did fall far from the tree. The same fruit that God told Adam and Eve not to eat, I give to you because you believe in evolution. And I know that monkey see, monkey do. So since your ancestors were addicted to sin, I knew that you'd be a junkie too. But I'm gonna take all of the credit since the fall, you've all been pathetic. In the Bible, you've never read it. You just feed your greed, spend hours in a sauna to build your self esteem. But injustice, you fuss and scream, stay woke, but still chasing the American dream. You hypocrites, and though I'm immune to it, I'm sure your God is becoming sick of it. Like Picture this, it's own people knowingly committing sins while wearing their rosaries, adultery, human poachers. You people treat each other like poetry, God's people. He spoke word into you guys like poetry. But I knew if the pleasure was the right quality, I could get you guys to commit idolatry. But in reality, I got you for a bargain, like shopping at a dollar tree. I'm the father of a lie, son. You think that you can lie to me? Shut up and lay down in this pit and lie with me. That's when I understood that there was nothing working good in me. Yeah, God, you still stood with me. But that's just something I can't come to understand. Why leave heaven to become the son of man? I committed treasons for selfish reasons and things that you swore to me in their own seasons. Promises I didn't have patience to believe in. Only living for the weekend. Selling my soul to the devil just to have enough to meet weeks in. My flesh thrived, but my spirit was weakened. Your words were on my lip, but I guess it was the devil speaking. He told me he can give me the keys to heaven now if I joined this kingpin. So without thinking, in Christ's blood on this ink pen, I signed. Immediately my spirit stopped breathing. But what's the need for the breath of life when your ship is sinking like the inrush of this water? Let that thought seep in. And as I understand it, begin to deepen. And I'll souls plunge more into the deep end. We realize we who are competing in this game of thrones know nothing like Jon Snow with the confederates at the end of the spiritual wall with funds low. We brought the heat. You sent us joy in the morning while we're mourning. Alonzo, we can't repay you, so you sent your son. He's such a star. We've been stargazing. And as of lately, I've been thinking, I might sound crazy, but was he the payment? I checked the bank. I saw the statement. That guy's our savior. He's so amazing. He paid our loan so we wouldn't have to be alone. Invested into us faulty creatures with godly features, with plans to teach us and change our future. But
but we dispute you and your will we refuse to. Why? Honestly, I have no clue. We just do it like Nike until our soles are torn from you like the bottom of old shoes. But that's our old news. These are things we already told you and you knew that we would just do what fools do. Why send your prodigy alone on this odyssey? See, it's odd to see just to make things even. A God who would die for me. A Superman who fell through the sky for me. He took on my kryptonite. Showed me that I can have good times without it every night. His promises blew me away like JJ with a stick of dynamite. Now I'm wondering why did we ever pick this fight? This just isn't in our arena. So what's our strategy when we know all of your challenges end up in a catastrophe like that space shuttle disaster this wreck could have been an avoided tragedy? Now the devil got his foot on my neck to keep me down like gravity, but your sweet grace put a hole in his heel like a cavity and put an end to his depravity practices. Pulled us from this collision and loved us in our condition. Put your key in our ignition to restart our engine. Your spirit became my transmission. Said if we listened, we could reduce our admission and our ride would be more efficient. We wouldn't have worries like affording heaven's tuition because your son has already paid our admission. But I'm sure you can envision the friction and trusting in your provision. And at times we doubt you're omniscious because since time's existence, the devil's in prowling and hidden and disguised in his lies. But to no surprise, if we look into the serpent's eyes, we would see that his intent was always malicious. But we're blind, Lord. We need your supervision. Humble us to admit this. Sin is our addiction, and we're trying to kick this past of ours out the door like we do a Jehovah Witness, rinsing the outside, hoping you won't envision us as dirty dishes. Why can't we get this? Shopping at Target religiously for items we don't need under a Christmas tree. What are we missing, Jesus? The point of life. Just point to Christ. Why aren't we fishing for men? Why are we dissing our kin? Why are we envious of sin? They have theirs now, but guess what they miss in the end? Our life starts when we let it in. Knock at Jesus' door, and he let us orphans in. The devil knocks at ours, and we let them demons in. We can't pretend we must defend Christianity. Take no offense. Use no profanity. Without him, our life's a fantasy. Christ is reality. He wants us to live his dream life. He's only Pharisee. Don't be no Pharisee or no Sadducee. When you're Sadducee, he's always there for you. He really cares for you. He bears those nails for you. In the midst of you, trying to kiss on you. Don't need no mistletoe. Hanging on that cross, he looked at you and said, you are who I did this for. We play our games, but he don't keep the score. What's the need when we don't even score? What's an eagle without no wings to soar? A lion without his pride has no need to roar. Men without God cannot complete this tour of life. We can roll the dice, but we'll just crap out. I pray we all submit to him and just tap out. He wants to light our world, but we're comfortable in this blackout. Let's abide in him like fiends living in a crack house. Until we got intoxicated, consuming his dope words until we all feel nauseated. Then spread the sick gospel because we're all contagious. This world would hate us, I know. It's outrageous, but in him we must be courageous. He's been with us for ages, just turn the pages. And you, he's stationed, ready to battle temptation. We must endure with patience in the end you'll get your crown in the king celebration wow that was amazing i think there's a lot i can wrote like some notes down just many i <laughs> i don't even know what to say just so everyone knows listening you just did the majority of that without looking at anything just straight off of memory and that all came from you right josh yeah yeah that's well, something i i started writing like three years ago i finished it i guess that same year i think it was just as far as like you know the writing, like some of the things that I that were written that was written is just like I was like, wow, God, like only you could like develop that thought, you know. And for yeah. me to be able to like write it down, uh, like I was literally like, because most of the time I was writing this while I was in the gym, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wouldn't like listen to like music, or whatever. I would just be just... thinking about God and wow. thinking about my my spiritual life, and you know, also like the life of others, um, and just kind of like what I perceive and what God has like shown me, uh, just like, you know, give all the glory to God when I, when I was writing that. Um, yeah. You, so I like, I see like a couple of themes, just the way like your, those words were structured. You have like, you know, sin coming into play. You have like this explanation and the rejection and just the depravity of man. Then 
deceit, their frustration came into play, and you have this moment of realization that this is not even what I want. And you go into you go into like chasing other things apart from God. Then you focus on God and his promises. Then the story of redemption came. And we talk about this idea of humility that comes in that. And I think that the like the way like it's crafted is just very, very true to like, you know, an unbeliever becoming a believer from death to life, from Christless to Christ like. And I think one one of the things that really stood out when you were speaking was you said addicted to sin, chasing the American dream. Mm. <laughs> Can you explain that? Oh man. Uh yeah, I, I I definitely think the American dream has our faith. Uh, I mm. I truly believe that. And one day, yeah, I I was just leaving church and like I was like, man, like I just love church, but I'm about to go and like not even think about God for the rest of the week and you know I'll, I'll be focused on other things and so I was like you know like the american dream has our faith and so I I literally like googled like how to take back uh, our faith from the american dream and out of nowhere a book popped up by David Platt and it was like it's called radical taking back your faith from the american dream and so I read that and uh it was completely life changing it was very convicting about you know, just, you know, things in my life, you know, working long hours so I can, you know, like get more income and the things that I will spend my money on and things. And it was like, I I put myself first before I put God and then before I put others. And so I think that book really helped, you know, change that order where it's like, it's God first, it's others, and then it's me. Uh, because that's, that was the calling of, of, of Christ. You know, um, you, you quoted Dietrich Bonhoeffer, quote for the first podcast and he was like you know when christ calls a man he bids him to come and die and but hoffer you know elaborated on that where it's like you know not every time it's it's a physical death you know but hoffer his was a physical death he was killed in a concentration camp during world war ii but for others it may not be that that physical death it just may be you know making these sacrifices for to ensure that everybody has something to eat to ensure that you know people are okay mentally or physically like they have clothes on their back like there are a lot of just things that I feel like we can do. We can do more, especially as Christians. Like we are the light of this world, but I feel like at times we do we hide that you know under that that lampstand. We hide mm-hmm. that 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 light of ours, and we only shine it in a way for others to like see us and not see the goodness of God. So yeah. Side, side. Do you have questions? Because I I got I got one more question. I think. So in the other one, you said, like, Peter alone so that we won't have to be alone. That's a really good one, too. I was like, oh, just meet the bars. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, you know, we were bought at a price, at a price. Uh, you know, Christ died for our sins. We're, we're sinful people. And I, Christ is, he's our mediator, you know, mm-hmm. you know for, for us to, like, have commun- communion with the Father. So... That just came about, like, you know, paid our loans so we wouldn't have to be alone. And, you know, he, he came, he left, you know, heaven to basically, you know, die for our sins so that he could, he tore that down, that division that we have between, you know, God the Father and ourselves. And so, you know, now that we have this fellowship with Christ, we also have this, you know, fellowship with, you know, God the Father and, and God the Spirit. So, Wow, that is mind-blowing. I cannot, I cannot even write, like, two lines of of a good rhyme. 
gosh. I hope, too, like, one thing I love about this, Josh, is just, it, at the core, it's the gospel, but it's, I feel like it's so relatable. Oh, like, yeah. I love how Josh really ties us into, like, so many things that, like, our culture currently struggles with mm-hmm. and the things we look for in satisfaction. And I really hope that everyone listening to this can relate to parts of it. Mm-hmm. Like, there's so many one-liners where Manny and I were looking at each other just like, oh, my gosh, like, somehow we're going to have to we'll, – we'll try to send this out to you guys, whether we put it in the show notes or you can find it on our, mm-hmm. on our Instagram at Magnifying God. Somehow, I just need some, myself some more time, I think, or even this next week, just to really sit on this and yep. process this. Or I go back to Josh and we just grab some coffee and I have so many questions for him. <laughs> but I, I really do hope that, you know, everyone can re-listen to this and really, I think, when we talk about magnifying God in your 20s, and part of it is really the culture really speaking to our lives and telling us so many lies. And we try to really find pleasure in so many things. And I just... Like, we really do see the American dream in the world as the end. And really, sometimes our faith is just a means. But what does it truly look like for Jesus and our faith to be the end, right? And, and wow, Josh, like, thank you, man, for really talking to us uh, for this and for sharing this with us. It's really cool. Yeah, I talk about magnifying God, like, in your writing and your poem, just thinking about, like, like, like Sai said, like, capturing different aspects of like different lives um you know struggling with or not struggling but like light lifestyle of just party or lifestyle of just you know pursuing pleasures or just buying stuff that would never satisfy like you you eat like different pockets i think of different lives that again goes back to like being relatable to just your expression in this poem. And I think, like, yeah, talk about magnifying God in your writing, man. Um, the way, like, Josh just magnifies the pursuit of God in redemption for us in just writing. I think that's one way, like, people magnify God. You have people like Lecrae or KB that have just done so well in out they poetically like express the goodness of God and his saving works of salvation. I think Josh is doing the same thing too. Like just working out and thinking about these things, you know. I, I just want to say I think it's really cool. Honestly, just like Josh's creativity and what we talked about, you know, a little bit on our last episode, we talked about kind of our purpose and one of the things we talked about is like how we were created in the likeness of God. Mm-hmm. And we talked about I think there's a lot of things that go with that. I think we reflect God in a lot of ways, like intellectually and emotionally and relationally. But I think one of the ways in terms of like we reflect the likeness of God is just like the creativity that we have mm-hmm. in mankind. And I think every single person is creative. This kind of makes me think of the movie, Ready to Who We, how, <laughs> how really, you know, any anyone can be an artist, right? Mm-hmm. And, but it's so beautiful when just like really listening to Josh and like, man, just how cool is this? And how creative is this? And, you know, Manny, like, this is nothing like you and I could ever come up with. But I think we are creative, like in our own ways. And I think everyone listening can glorify God in their creativity in some way. Absolutely. And just what a beautiful way that Josh has this talent and just this creativity and this gift that God has given him just to communicate uh, to those that I think can be so relatable. So really cool. 
Dasha, you have any parting words for our audience? Uh, yeah, I was just sitting here thinking, you know, about the, you know, the, the name of you guys' podcast, you know, Magnifying God in Your 20s. And so I think, you know, Sai, you referenced scripture, um, Genesis, you know, when Eve was, you know, having this dialogue with, with, with the serpent. And it just, like, made me think, like, to, like, magnify God, to, to magnify anything, you got to, like, have, like, you have to know it. You have to, like, you know, pit these pieces together, and then the more information you have, you, you got this, this more clearer, bigger picture of, you know, that, that thing, that person that you're trying to magnify. And then for me, like, writing this poem, it was like me having conversations with God. So I would say, like, have those, those conversations with God. Like, don't engage with, you know, the devil. Don't, don't engage with, with Satan, you know. We see a clear picture of Jesus when he was in the wilderness, you know, he didn't, you know, go off on his own, you know, thoughts and things like Eve did. Like he basically recited scripture. So yeah. I think for me, it was just the the reason why this this was able to be written is that like I I had set aside time to like actually talk with God to get to know God, and now I have I have this clear picture not only of God but of who I am mm. and of like who this what this world is and how Satan works in this world, you know, like he, he offers us these, these nice things, you know, he's offers us these, like you say, uh, silver to gold and our souls to soul and auction has never been this easy. So he's basically walking around like, Hey, you know, take this, take this, you know, don't go there. Don't, don't fellowship with these people, you know, like just spend time building up your own kingdom and instead of God's kingdom. So yeah, I would just say, I think that's, that's the key to magnifying God is getting to know him and, Cultivating your spiritual gifts and using it to glorify God. Wow. All right, Sai, you want to, any parting words from you? <laughs> well, uh, many, I don't even know if there's much more we can add. I think this ended up being like one of my favorite episodes that we've done so far. And I think this will end up being one of our favorites. And um, I'm really just excited to for us to just to continue to bring on more guests yeah. like Josh here. I think there's so many people in our life that are really influential for us that we would love to have walk alongside with all of you guys. So really excited for when this one comes out. Uh, I think people are, are really going to gravitate towards this episode, oh, yeah. Manny. And Josh, we just can't thank you enough, brother, for just really being a brother in Christ to us and just the servant heart that you reflect. I mean, I think you really push Manny and I to look more like Christ every single day that we get to hang around sure. you. So thank you for doing that, man. And thank you for coming on today and being our first guest. <laughs> And for sharing yeah. <laughs> and for sharing just the spoken word and we're just so proud of you man and thankful for you and grateful and uh, we love you guys thank you for coming on uh, please go listen to the episodes that are out before this so we can't believe that the week that we're recording this uh, that magnifying God in your 20s is out and what a blessing this has been for many and I and we are just so thankful for just this community to have you guys walk alongside of us as we run towards Jesus so we will love you guys, and we'll see you on the next episode.